Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. Today we're going to be taking a look at Joshua chapter 1 and the first nine verses. Just want to continue uh, what we were speaking about in the last session, a couple more of the themes in the book of Joshua, and then just giving a very short outline before we take a look at these uh, nine verses. So in the book of Joshua, we've got conquest as a major theme, Uh, God as a warrior motif throughout the book. Another major theme in Joshua is the theme of leadership. Leadership. Is Joshua the new Moses? The people are all wanting to know. Is he going to measure up to uh, Moses? Will he be able to fill Moses' sandals, so to speak? And larger concepts, how do new leaders uh, take over from uh, old leaders? How should leadership uh, transitions go? those things. Uh, Another theme is God's faithfulness. This is really, really sharp in the book. He keeps his promises to his people. The promises that he made to Abraham, as we saw last time, he's now going to fulfill in the conquest of the land of Canaan. Promises to Joshua and Caleb, the faithful spies, even uh, promises that he made to the Amorites through his uh, word to Abraham, that he would bring judgment on them in the appropriate time, and the promise of uh, his people to uh, certain persons who assist them, like Rahab. The promises that are made to Rahab uh, are fulfilled, uh, which show us something about the faithfulness that God expects from his people as well. Then the final theme I think we could point to throughout this book is the theme of holiness. God desires his people to walk in his ways, to do uh, righteousness and perform righteousness the way he does. So a brief outline of the book of Joshua, just in four parts. The first 12 chapters really cover the conquest of the land, and there are several stages to that that we'll look at together. Chapters 13 through 21 reference the division of the land. And honestly, these chapters, sometimes we tend to just pass over very quickly. There's a lot of place names, a lot of city names in these chapters. These are the type of chapters that maybe you read to your children late at night to get them to fall asleep because sometimes they're not as exciting. But we will look at Uh, some of the different locations given to the different children of Israel and just how exciting it would have been for them to receive uh, this land from the Lord. Chapter 22 deals with an incident as the people disperse and go to their separate territories. There's an altar that's created by the Transjordanian tribes. And uh, so we will talk about the altar incident. And then finally, chapters 23 and 24 deal with Joshua's farewell speeches uh, to the people of Israel. So four parts to that outline. Now we want to take a look at Joshua chapter 1 and start off in verse 1. And I'll just read the first several verses. Now it came about after the death of Moses the servant of the Lord, that Moses spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you 
and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. As we've seen already, the book of Joshua is a book about promises. Several years ago, uh, my wife and I were buying a new property that we would hopefully build on. And we went to the owner of this subdivision to show him uh, our plans. After showing him our blueprint, he agreed to let us build the house that we wanted to build. Uh, but unfortunately, before we could go to build, the next spring, he uh, very tragically passed away just as we were about to break ground and start on the house. So we were a little nervous that the new people in charge of the subdivision might not approve of our plans, might not uh, hold to the promise that this person had made to us. Well, uh, ultimately, it was his daughter who took over uh, possession of the subdivision. We showed her the plan. We talked to her about how her father had given us his word that we could build this house. She looked everything over and she said, no, there's no problems at all. So ultimately, the promise that was made to us was followed through by, uh, by the daughter of this man and we were allowed to build. Uh, in a similar way, God, as we saw, made promises to the people of Israel way back during the time of Abraham. And now in Joshua chapter 1, those promises are beginning to be fulfilled in the conquest of the land. In Joshua 1, the hero of the Exodus, Moses, dies. And the question arises as to whether the promises God made to Israel through Moses and Abraham would, would still come to fruition. So here in this chapter, God once again affirms, I will be with you. I'm going to keep my promises. What I said I, have, uh, what I, said I will do, I will follow through on, and I will do it. Now in verse 1, Moses is called the servant of the Lord. He's the leader of the congregation from the human perspective, but from the divine perspective, he is the Lord's servant. And the Lord begins to work directly with Joshua, just as he had with Moses. Joshua is not going to be called the servant of the Lord at all throughout the book, 
until you get to the very last chapter. And in his epitaph, in his uh, record of him and what he accomplished after he died, he is finally given at the end uh, the title, Joshua, the servant of the Lord. So there's sort of this running theme throughout the book. Is Joshua going to uh, persevere? Is he going to be faithful in serving the Lord and following through just as Moses has? Uh, who is this Joshua? So a couple of background points on the life of Joshua. Um, he is given credit with conquering the people of Amalek in Exodus chapter 17 in the wilderness at Rephidim. Joshua is the servant or attendant of Moses who goes uh, uh, with him on Mount Sinai and uh, has a close friendship with Moses as recorded in Exodus 24 and chapters 32 and 33. Moses calls him Joshua, which means the Lord is salvation. But his given name is Hosea, which is simply salvation. So Moses actually uh, adds on to, rearranges his name a little bit to give it some more significance. Of course, in Numbers chapter 13, he's sent out as a spy into the land of Canaan. We've already talked about that. And as they approach Canaan after wandering, Joshua is appointed in Deuteronomy by God to succeed Moses. Uh, Deuteronomy chapters 1, 3, 31, and 34 allude to uh, Joshua as the new leader of the people of Israel. In verse 2, we read Moses, the, the Lord's words to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. So Moses is no longer able to lead the people. God calls Joshua to rise up and lead Israel over the Jordan River. Remember, they're on the east side of the Jordan, over the Jordan River into the promised land. Israel does not choose the next leader here. God chooses the leader. The same is true ultimately today. God appoints individuals for leadership. Now, he may use human means to do this, but ultimately God is the source of all authority in the universe. He raises up rulers. He tears them down. So leaders have their authority only because it's been given to them by God. Now in verses 3 and 4, God uh, reiterates his promise. He says, every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. Now, this promise is given in the past tense. In other words, it's so certain that it is written down, it's recorded as if it had already occurred. God is speaking it as if it has already taken place. I have already given it to you, in other words. What a, what a plan, what a promise to Joshua and to the people that would have given them encouragement as they begun uh, their work of conquering the land. Verse 4 gives us some of the geography of the land. He says, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, 
and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. Now, what is beautiful about this is this is really a, a geographical way of saying, uh, Joshua, look south, look north, look east, look west. Everything that you can see, as far as your eye can see it, I am giving to you. It is your possession. The wilderness would be a reference to uh, the Arabah in the south. Lebanon, a reference to the mountains in the north. The river Euphrates was the eastern boundary. The great sea, the Mediterranean on the west. And so he says, uh, everything will be your territory, north, south to north, east to west. As we continue on uh, in verse 5, he says, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Now, the you in verse 5 changes to singular. Prior to this, it had been plural. God was speaking uh, to the nation collectively. But now in verse 5, this is a particular promise. This is a promise to Joshua individually. It's a promise of victory. It's a promise that ultimately every place where his foot tread would be given to him by God. And that just as God had been with Moses, God would be with Joshua. God would not fail or forsake Joshua. This is a promise of God's abiding presence and ultimate victory in Joshua's life for the people. This is ultimate here, though not necessarily absolute, right? There are times during Israel's conquest that they fail. Uh, there are cities that they do not take because of their sin, but ultimately the land is conquered and God's word stands. Now, what promises has God given to the believer in Christ today? Well, I think we have a promise of victory in Christ that is ultimate and everlasting, but in the same way is not necessarily pervasive or absolute. We sin at times. And so while ultimately we will be victorious and be like Christ one day, uh, here in the moment we may continue to struggle with sin. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.